How are you guys tonight? Man, come on. If you're not good after that worship, then there is something significantly wrong. Man, it's great to, great to have Stevie and his beautiful voice and Chase and uh, Spencer, obviously, and the guys. Um, so uh, tonight we, um, we were uh, going to be in a, um, uh, a series called Strings. And we had, you know, creepy videos and Halloween themes and all that stuff. And if you weren't here last week, uh, that's the series that we started on. And so uh, the plan was for us to, um, to, to continue in that series. Um, in all honesty, I, I remember last Thursday I was um, spending time just praying. And, and usually that's time for me to prepare for the next week and message and all that stuff. And I just... I couldn't, knowing where we were, what we were supposed to be talking about tonight, I just couldn't gain any traction, couldn't get where I, you know, was praying about, and, and um, it was just a, a frustrating few hours, and, um, and I didn't really know why, and, and uh, so I just kind of talked up and said, well, I guess Monday I'll get around to it, and, um, and, uh, and then, um, in case you haven't heard, my uh, wife's brother um, died on um, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, and um, and to say that that has rocked our, um, our family would be an understatement. And um, it's, uh, it's been, a, been a real difficult last few days. And so I, I remember uh, just praying and going, God, you know, we're in the series and uh, we're just going to continue on. And, and over the last 24 hours, I just, I, I felt, you know, God, just some things on my heart as we've started talking through uh, funeral details and um, just thinking about for me to be able to say a few words about my brother-in-law at the funeral and and, and I feel like God's just used all that stuff to go, no, there's, there's something different we need to talk about tonight. And, um, and so uh, I'm going to do my best to get through it tonight. Um, I'm not a crier, and uh, my wife makes fun of me all the time or gets mad at me all the time because I don't cry. And um, so we'll, uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But um, I just, I'm believing that, that God is, is, um, is going to do something significant and, uh, and already has. And so... Um, I just ask you guys, the message notes, the handout is, is blank, and so if you want to kind of track along with us and what we're going to be talking about, that'd be great. Um, and so let me, uh, let me pray for us again, and then, and then we'll dive into uh, to what we're going to talk about. God, your, um, your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And... Um, God, I'm asking for your strength. God, what an unbelievable thought that you are greater than everything. God, there's no one higher. There's no one greater. There is no one like you. And um, God, I pray over the next few minutes that you would continue to remind us that you're all that matters. And so, um, God, we just pray that you would speak, that you would move, and um, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, uh, I wanted to, um, man, just thank all you guys for uh, those of you guys that were aware and have reached out to my wife and I and um, just offered um, prayers and encouragement and, you know, been willing to um, take our three rugrats and um, watch them for, for a little bit and just do, we've had people bringing us meals and it's just been uh, um, unbelievable. And so we're going to be heading out in the morning to, uh, to Greenville to, um, for the funeral and, and all that stuff. And so I would ask that you guys just pray for, um, uh, for my wife and, and family. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to suck. And so, um, but um, God is good, and God is faithful, and God will get us through. And um, 
So, uh, but we, we definitely cover your prayers. Um, it, it's been interesting. I, f- I feel like, and, and for those of you guys that were, were here last year, I, I feel like we were kind of in this exact same spot in, in some ways last year at this time, um, where, you know, we lose a guy like Andrew Prey. And, um, and I, I don't, tonight, in, in, in no way do I want to make this about my brother-in-law. Um, that's not the goal. Um, none of you guys know him. Um, you care about us, you love us, you, su- you support us, but um, you don't know him. And so the, the goal is not to make tonight about him. Um, but uh, there's been something that God has used to remind me. Is, I feel like I was in the same spot last year this time and losing a guy like Andrew and going, man, God, how, how can furthering your kingdom be easier without a guy like him around? And, um, and then over the last few days, just thinking, my brother-in-law who... Um, was passionate about Jesus. Um, he was, at his church up in Greenville, was a, a small group leader and um, had a group of sixth grade guys and over the last few years has walked up with them and they're now ninth graders and, um, and they're all just devastated and there's questions and, um, and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I feel like over the last few years, with, with each time that we've had to go through this, um, last year and then just over the last few days, I feel like God's just reminded me of something significant, and something that, again, the goal is not to make it about my brother-in-law, the goal is something much, um, much bigger than that, is just to remind us, and what God has used to remind me over the last few days, is that Jesus is the only thing that matters. Um, we, we're not following necessarily any formula tonight, um, but if there was a main point, there you go, all right, there's, and, and it's not anything significant, it's not like, oh wow, that's so, that's so profound, um, but the simple truth is, and what God has used to hammer into my thick skull over the last few days is that he is the only thing that matters. That's it. Nothing else matters. Nothing else is valuable. Nothing else is significant except for him. And my prayer is, is that there would be a lot of us in the room tonight, maybe for, maybe for the first time, that would just go, God, I'm going to put everything out. I'm going to lay all my cards on the table. And God, from this moment on, I'm going to make everything about you. I think in, in all honesty, we need, we need a lot of you guys to determine in your mind that Jesus is worth it. And to be willing to risk everything for the sake of his name. And I tell you, if, if there was a room full of students that would do that, and I know some of you guys are locked in on that, man, you're, you're owning it. You're growing, and God is doing some, some profound things in your life. But there's a lot more of, of you guys, I think, or a lot of, of you that are just kind of riding the fence, and you're playing the game. And, um, and man, if, if all of us would be willing to own that and say, God, you're the only thing that matters, then, um, then it, would, it would drastically change things. I think there, there are some of you guys that maybe you're still trying to determine that, whether you really believe that Jesus is worth it, whether you really believe in your heart that Jesus is the only thing that matters. And maybe you know, there's, there's things that you value, there's things that you place a high level of importance on, there's things that you, that you prioritize. And for, maybe for some of you in the room, Jesus is in the mix in that. And my challenge to you is because Jesus is just kind of in the mix of all of those things, is that you're limiting the significance that your life can have. 
you're missing out on opportunities to make your life matter. Because at the end of the day, Jesus doesn't want to just be in the mix. Jesus wants our heart to sync up with that thought and that idea that he's the only thing that matters. I mean, I want you guys to understand, listen, your, your grades don't matter. Your sports teams don't matter. Who you're going to marry one day and what kind of job you're going to have and how big your family's going to be, none of that stuff matters. And if you make your life about that stuff, then you're going to miss out on making your life matter. You're going to miss out on your life having significance and value. Now, let, let me be clear, all right, before some of you guys run home and go, hey, we don't have to study anymore. Who gives a rip? Um, your, <laughs> your grades matter only to the extent that it provides you an opportunity to make much of Jesus. How good you are at sports only matters to the extent that you use it to bring glory to God. What you do with your life and who you marry and what kind of relationship you're in and all that kind of stuff, all of that stuff only matters to the extent that you use those things to make much of the Father. And if we use those things to make much of God, then those are all right. But if it becomes about us or it becomes about other things, those things in and of themselves have no significance and value. Jesus is the only thing that matters. I'm thinking about uh, and have over the last couple of days of just moments in my life where God has reminded me of that, where God has reminded me that he's the only thing that matters. I remember sitting in, uh, in middle school, and you know, we, we all kind of go through that, that phase where we're trying to determine, man, is, is, this, is this my faith? Is this what I believe? Is this what I want to own? Is this just mom and dad's faith? Is this my small group leader's faith? Is this just somebody else's faith? Or is this something that I'm owning and embracing? Is this something that I'm willing to put my life on the line for? And I remember for me, the, you know, the first kind of thought I had um, along those lines was when I was in middle school figuring out, all right, mom and dad have drugged me to church for my entire life. Does this really have significance to me? Does this really matter to me? Or am I just doing it to please other people? Am I just doing it so that other people get off my back? It was in middle school where I had to determine what, what matters. What's the, what's the most important? I remember uh, in, in college when I'm trying to determine what my major is going to be. And I'm thinking, all right, if I do, you know, all this thoughts of if I do business, then I can get a good job and have a good, you know, good education, or I can do this and have, make a good amount of money and I can have, provide for my family and I'm thinking along those lines and so I start going into business management because I feel like that's going to give me the most opportunity or, or give me the most comfort and provide the most opportunities for me. And I remember sitting in um, a service and just being smacked in the face with the thought that, of God just saying, I don't, give a, I don't give a rip about any of that stuff. As we talked about a few weeks ago, I'm not interested in your comfort. I'm not interested in your security. I'm interested in you following me. I'm interested in you making everything about me. And in my mind, as scared as I was of going, God, I feel like you're calling me to to full-time church ministry. And God, the the paychecks aren't all that great. And this isn't going to be very easy. And God, it would be, don't you understand, God, it would be a whole lot easier to do this. And God says, I don't care about that. Are you going to follow me, or are you going to do what you want to do? 
and God reminding me that he is the only thing that matters. Remember a few years ago when we were living in Nashville and I had moved there because I wanted to be like Stevie and be a rock star and be in a boy band and, um, and wasn't nearly as good as, as he is and, um, and just ha- came to that moment where I'm like, look, this is my dream and all of a sudden the dream is slipping away and I've got to hang on tight to this. I've got to cling to this and God going, I brought you here but not for the reason that you think. And again, at this crossroads, are you willing to follow me Are you willing to make everything about me? Are you willing to say, God, that you're the only thing that matters? Are you going to allow other stuff to determine what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? For me and and my wife and, and family, the move here was one of those things. Again, what is the only thing that matters? God, we're comfortable, we're safe, we're happy. God, we're secure. God, this is a great place that we're in. The kids are happy. God, all of these things are great. And God's saying... I don't care about security. I don't care about your job. I'm interested in you following me wherever it is that I send you. And again, are you willing to say that I'm the only thing that matters to you? That you'll be willing to go anywhere and do anything for the sake of what I'm calling you to do? And I think there are some of us in the room tonight that maybe we're at that crossroads. Maybe we've got to determine in our mind. Maybe we've played that game. Maybe we're really good at playing the game. And maybe we, we're, we're really kind of pushing off that, that thought of, of God saying, hey, what, what, is, what, is it, what is it that matters most? Are you going to follow me or are you going to do what you want to do? Are you willing to put your life on the line? Are you willing to say, Jesus, you're the only thing that matters and I will follow you anywhere and everywhere you tell me to go? Because my life is yours. Maybe there's some of you in, in the room tonight that are, are, for whatever reason, are reluctant to do that. And my, man, my prayer over the, the last few hours and, and all that is that you guys would determine in your mind and that God would give you the ability to say, all right, God, whatever. Whatever it is that you want from me, God, whatever you're asking of me, God, I will do it. Because again, Jesus, you're the only thing that matters. You and I have to understand, and I think a lot of us do, is that at some point our life will end. It may be tomorrow, it may be 50 years from now. But one day the end will come for us. And what we've got to be willing to do right now is to determine what do we want our life to be about. It's too late when life is done because the the story has already been written. We've got to be willing to determine in our minds now what do we value the most? What is most important? What do we want said about us when the end has come? Do we want to chase after these insignificant things? See, here's the thing. I think for, for a lot of us, I don't think there's anybody in the room that would say, you know what, I don't want, I don't want my life to count. I don't want my life to have significance. I don't want my life to have value. I mean, all of us look and go, yeah, I want, I want my life to have significance. I want at the end for something great to be said. I don't want people to stand over my dead body and go, oh, man, you know what? It would have been great if they would have focused on other things. Or, man, this was a real waste of a life. Nobody signs up for that. Nobody's like, hey, that, that sounds like a great thing to be said about my funeral. All of us want to know that our life has significance. 
I think the problem for a lot of us is, is that we, we start chasing after other things that we feel like will get us there. We start chasing after things of this world, or we start chasing after what our culture says is valuable, or we look at other people in our, um, in our culture, and we, we want what they have because it feels like they've got everything. It feels like they've got significance. It feels like they've got value. And what we've got to understand is all of these other things that we make our life about, all of these other things that we chase after, rather than giving us significance at the end of our life, all they do is give us insignificance. Rather than making our life count, rather than making our life matter, all it does is make our life wasted. And I think if we understood that reality, then maybe that would change things for us of going, all right, why am, I, why am I chasing after those things? Why am I making my life about stuff at the end of the day that will disappear, that no one will care about? What if I started making my life about the only thing that provides any amount of significance in my life, and that's Jesus? There's a couple things if, if we're talking about how do we make sure that we're living a life that matters. A couple things that, um, if you want to write this down, the first one is that living a life that matters begins with a changed heart. If we look at our life and we go, man, I want, at the end of it, I want, I want to have significance. I want to have value. What do I do to go about getting there? How do I make sure that that is the truth about my life? It's got to begin with a changed heart. The first step for any of us to have any shot of having any impact with our life whatsoever begins with God changing our heart. At the end of the day, it's about our heart. This string series that, that we started last week and that we'll, what we'll be picking up over the next couple weeks and talking about these things that control us, it's not about behavior modification. The goal is not for us to start changing our behaviors or saying, all right, I just need to stop doing that and I need to start doing this. That's not the goal. At the end of the day, it's about God transforming our heart. And in order for us to live with a transformed heart, we've got to come to a place where we trust Christ as our Savior. We've got to understand that there is nothing that we can do to act better or to change behaviors or do things differently that's going to enable us to live the incredible life that God wants us to live. And I think so many of us, we get caught up in this, especially as as Christians, we go, well, I got to stop doing this. Let me make a list of all these things that I can't do anymore. And if I'm, if I do it, then I've just got it next time I've got to try harder. And it all, it becomes all about our efforts to do something that is supernatural. It is not about us changing our behaviors. It's about God transforming our heart. And in order for us to experience that, we've got to be willing to say, God, I am trusting you and the work that you did for me on the cross. God, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you, that you would change my life, that you give me freedom from the things that I've constantly pursued. God, would you transform my heart? And in that moment when we trust Christ and whatever that looks like for us and we we say, God, I understand that I need you. I understand that because of the cross I can have freedom and life. And we receive the forgiveness that, that God offers. The Bible says that God takes our cold, dead, sinful heart 
and he gives us a heart transplant. He takes that heart and he gives us a heart that beats for him. And unless that has happened in our life, we have no shot of changing our behaviors. We have no shot of having any significance in our life. It's got to start with God coming inside and changing our heart and take, replacing the heart that desires sin and giving us a heart that desires him. And maybe there are some of you, even that you would look and you say, man, I'm, I'm a Christian, I've, I've tried to do the right thing, I've tried to live the life that God wants me to live, and yet it just becomes dead end after dead end. It becomes frustrating moment after frustrating moment because it's you trying to change your behaviors. It's you in your strength and your power trying to become like God. And that is insane. Because that work is a supernatural work. That's something that you and I could never do. And when we trust Christ as our Savior, God does the work in us. And he changes our heart. And then he gives us the ability to live out this life that he wants us to live. But in order for us to have significance in our life, it starts with allowing God to change our heart. There might be some of you in the room tonight that have never come to that place where you have allowed God, you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've tried to earn salvation, maybe you've tried to do all these other things, and tonight the next step for you is to say, God, I'm trusting you to do what I could never do, and I'm giving my life to you, and I'm asking that you forgive me and you change my heart. It's got to start with our changed heart. The other thing, living a life that matters requires surrender. And maybe for a lot of us in the room, this is the, this is the point, this is kind of the, the deal that we're at. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus has some words for us that if we want to live a life of significance, we've got to pay close attention to. Listen to what he says in verse 34. He says, Then calling the crowds to join his disciples, Jesus said, If any of you wants to be my follower, now insert here, if any of you wants to have significance, because only when we follow Jesus will we have significance. He says, If any of you wants to be my follower, You must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Now, you and I don't like that word surrender very much. Or I don't, I don't want to say you don't. I don't. All right, I hear the word surrender, and that, that's not something that I automatically want to sign up for. I mean, we really struggle when it comes to surrender. And maybe there's many of us who have stopped at this point. We've, we've allowed God to, to, to change our heart. Maybe we've trusted Christ as our Savior. And yet, when we see passages like this, and we go, man, what is it, God, that you're really after then all of a sudden we put the brakes on. And we're sort of stuck in between trusting Christ as our Savior and allowing God to transform our heart and surrendering everything to Him.
And for years, that, that was a struggle for me of going, all right, God, here, I'll give you this piece, and I'll give you this piece of my life, and God, I'll give you this, but man, God, I'm, I'm hanging on to this relationship right here, because that's what I want. God, I'm hanging on to this area of my life right here, because that's what I value. God, I'll, gi- I'll give you this stuff. God, you can have all of this stuff, but just let me, let me hang on to this, because this makes me happy. And you go back to what Jesus says, and he says, if anyone wants to follow me, if you want to have significance, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny all of yourself. Not the parts that are easy, not the parts that you don't really want or that, aren't, that are insignificant to you. You've got to deny your complete self. You've got to surrender. You've got to come to a point in your life where you say, God, there is nothing else that I value more than I value you. God, there is nothing else that I'm going to find more significant in my life than you. God, I'm not putting parameters on it. I'm not putting boundaries on what I'll be willing to do and not willing to do. God, I am giving you everything. And I, I get the sense that if, if there's a place where a lot of us are, that's the place. We are very reluctant to give up our life. And, I mean, I just, I look at that as, in all honesty, like the, the biggest form of selfishness. Because we're willing to accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers because that, we want that. We want to be forgiven. We want to know that our sins aren't held against us. And so we're like, man, sign me up for the cross. God, that's awesome. Jesus, that's so amazing that you would love me, and we want that forgiveness. We want to know that, that our sins are no longer held against us. And then we go, God, thanks so much for what you've done. Now, let me get on with my life and do the things that I want to do. And Jesus says, I didn't give up everything. I didn't leave heaven. I didn't come and give up my life so that you could then turn and do whatever you wanted with your life. I came to die ultimately so that you and I, we could die in terms of our desires and what we want, of us looking at our life and saying, God, here's the keys. Here's control. Here's everything that I am. God, I am turning over control to you. I am surrendering to you. And until until we're willing to fully do that, we're going to limit the significance that our life can have. As long as we're willing to look at that and go, man, Jesus, yeah, you're, you're one of the only things that matter. But God, there's some other things that matter to me too. And until we come to a place in our minds and our hearts where we say, God, I'm surrendering everything, then we can never have the impact that God wants us to have. The key to a significant life is not selfishness, it's selflessness. It's looking in our life and counting it as nothing compared to the all-surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's willing to look and say, God, I'm willing to deny myself. I'm willing to take up my cross. And God, if that means that I follow you to the cross, then I'm willing to do that. Now look at Andrew's life. I look at my brother-in-law Tony's life who said, 
God, nothing else matters to me. And God, if my life ends tomorrow, I know that I've trusted you and I've given you everything. And I've done everything and anything I could do to make my life count. I've surrendered to you and God, whatever you've done with it is your call. If that means my life ends tomorrow, if that means I live until I'm 100, God, it's your life. You own me. You do what you want to do with me and in me. He says at the end, what good do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? What good does it do if we make our life about all these other things and yet in the end we lose what's most significant? As I... As I spend um, at, the, uh, at the end of each night and my kids are going to bed and right before I, I go to bed, um, I'll, I'll go to their rooms and I'll, and I'll just spend a couple minutes praying over them. And um, I'm not praying for them to be successful one day. I don't, I, I don't desire for them to have a lot of money and be happy and satisfied and comfortable and all those things that sometimes we pray for people about. We'll pray for ourselves about. And I know that unless Carson, Jad, and Avery grow up and they passionately love Jesus and they're willing to say and live it out every single day, God, that nothing else matters except for you, then their life is wasted. And for me, all I want for my kids is for them to passionately love God. And I know at the end of their life, if they do that, then their life will have significance. The only thing that I want for you is for you to passionately love Jesus. Now I hear stories and, and know that you guys get caught up in things and it's tough to, to live the Christian life and go to public school or wherever you go to school and, and to be able to live it out. And I know so many of you get caught up in kind of the, the crossfire and you, you're, you're trying to figure out what really matters. And you chase down this path and you chase down this path and you chase after that relationship and after that boy and you chase after this, this person or you chase after these certain things. And then you kind of back up and you go, ah, that, that doesn't really matter. And yet all along the way, you're, you're creating a lot of pain and heartache for yourself. As much as I wish that I could convince you of it, I just pray that God would allow you to come to a place where you say, God, I'm done chasing down these dead-end roads. God, I'm done chasing all of these stupid things that at the end of my life will have no significance whatsoever. And God, I'm chasing after you. It's all that matters. We, uh, we read this verse last week and... Um, and it tied in with what we talked about last week, and yet it ties in with what we're talking about tonight. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, the writer's talking, he says, Do not love this world nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father but are from the world. 
And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. And in light of my brother-in-law's death a couple days ago and just looking at knowing that he lived his life for what really mattered. And I go, man, death is not the end for him. Man, death is not the end. Eternity is just beginning for him. He gave up his life on this earth. And in return, God gave him life with Jesus forever. You tell me that that's a wasted life. You tell me that that's insignificant. You tell me that that doesn't matter. What is it that the world could offer you that can compare to that? A life lived with significance and meaning results in an eternity full of life with Jesus. As we, uh, as we close tonight, I want to, um, I've been meaning to do this for, uh, for the last couple, couple of weeks. I want to I talk specifically to you guys in the room. We, um, I, I've said this to some of our leaders, to some of our coaches we, um, we're a student ministry that's led by our ladies. And, um, and in part, that's, a, that's an encouragement to you, you ladies in the room. And in a lot of ways, some of you girls have, have really led the charge of this ministry. You have passionately sought after God. You have made everything about Jesus. Man, probably two-thirds of our small groups are ladies' small groups. Two-thirds of our Nicaragua team are ladies. I mean, there's so many of you ladies that I'm so proud of because you have made everything about Jesus. And for you guys in the room, and I, I love you guys, but there, there's a lot of you that you've been playing a game for far too long. You've been showing up and you've been going through the motions and you've been kind of saying, yeah, I care about Jesus and yet you, you haven't really passionately sought God with everything that you have. I just, I want to challenge you guys. We, us as a ministry can never get to where we want to get to unless you guys jump in head first and say, I'm making my life about the only thing that matters. I'm making my life about something significant, the only thing that's significant. And I'm done playing games, I'm done going through the motions, I'm done saying one thing on Wednesday night and doing something else during the week. I'm done kind of doing what I want to do. I'm willing to risk it all for the sake of Jesus. I'm willing to dive in and say from this moment on, everything that I'm about is not about making my name great, not about patting myself on the back, not about so that other people are proud of me or chasing after those things that I find significant. I'm willing to risk everything and make it about Jesus. And man, guys, if I promise you, for you guys in the room, if you would be willing to do that, if there would be more of you that would jump in and say, man, count me in, whatever it takes, God, I'm going to passionately pursue you. Our high school ministry would look dramatically different.
Don't misunderstand me. I don't in any way want to guilt any of you guys in the room. I love you guys more than, more than just about anything. So the goal is not to put you on some guilt trip or make you feel bad because you don't really care enough or whatever. That's not the goal. But just like God has reminded me over the last few days, man, make sure that you make your life about what really matters. And we always need those moments where God just goes, hey, don't forget. And it's easy to get caught up in all these other things, but don't forget what is most significant. If you will make your life about me, then I will do incredible things in your life that you could never do by yourself. But if you hold on to your life, it's going to cost you. And it might bring momentary satisfaction. There might be some things that you enjoy. But at the end of it, you'll look back and you'll go, it wasn't worth it. If you guys could bow your heads with me. As we close tonight with nobody looking around, I want to just ask you guys the question. What matters most to you? What is it that you value more than anything else? And to take it a step further, what is it that's keeping you from making everything about Jesus? What is it in your life that you're holding on to and it's getting in the way of you saying, Jesus, you're the only thing that matters. For some of you in the room tonight, you've never come to a place where you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Doesn't mean you haven't come to church. Doesn't mean you don't have some head knowledge about God or have a general idea of what you're supposed to do. But it means that you've never allowed God to transform your heart. You try to earn it yourself. You try to do it yourself. You try to, to try to figure out what you can do. And the only thing that you need to do tonight is to surrender to God and say, God, would you, would you change my heart? Would you transform me? God, I receive the forgiveness that you offer. God, I understand that I could never earn that. There's nothing that I could do to free myself from sin's grasp. And I'm trusting what you've done for me on the cross. And allow, in order for you to have a significant life, to allow God to start transforming your heart. Maybe there's more of us in the room tonight. You've held on to stuff. For you to relinquish control of whatever it is that you're holding so tightly onto, feeling like it's going to satisfy you. Feeling like it's going to give your life significance or meaning. And start recklessly pursuing the only one that makes your life worth anything. God, I pray tonight. God, that you would raise up a room full of students who are willing to say, God, I've counted the cost. God, I'm denying myself and I'm taking up my cross and I am following you. 
God, I'm no longer going to allow anything to get in the way of pursuing you with everything that I have. God, I'm surrendering to you. God, I thank you that you would love us enough that you would give up everything for us. So that we could have life and hope and freedom. God, I pray that we would stand and we would surrender everything that we have to you because you're the only thing that matters. God, we love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.